Yes, welcome. I'm delighted to have you here today, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have a special guest discussing three essential tools for rapid growth, killer marketing strategies that work. I'm really delighted to have Heather Porter here. Heather's got an amazing career. I, I enjoyed joining her and a group of people for dinner a few weeks ago in Sydney, and uh, hearing her background is, is stunning. She's been running events globally for, for many years, for people like Tony Robbins, and 10 years ago, she co-founded the Billionaire Adventure Club, where she connected entrepreneurs with mentors and non-profits, people like the Branson Center of Entrepreneurship and so on. Um, and the people in her network she founded found needed online marketing help, so she co-founded a digital marketing agency called Autopilot Your Business. That was 2010. She's co-host currently of a podcast with fans in almost 100 countries, She's got a number one Amazon bestseller, co-author of four books, and host of the That Social Media Show, which is a, a Bryn app on Dale Beaumont's uh, blue, uh, business blueprint. So I'd like to say welcome to you, Heather. Lovely to have you here. Brian, thank you so much for having me. I, I loved our conversation and meeting up with you, and um, I think you have an amazing background yourself. That's nice you to say that. So did I miss anything out of your bio you'd like to add there, Heather? <laughs> No, I think that's, that's pretty much it. In my old past life, I used to run big events, and now I am just focused on helping small business owners navigate the crazy jungle of online marketing and social media. That's, that's good. <laughs> Fantastic. What we're going to focus on today is we're going to look at websites briefly, because that's the funnel, and then we'll go through some social media to see areas that so many of us are missing out on, where there's it's changing by the month almost, let alone by the year, and then automation. So how do you handle those inquiries when you get them, and how do you handle your sales and so on online? So I'd like to kick off with an elementary question, if you don't mind, Heather. What does a good website need in order to grow a business? I'm going to flip that on its head and say, what does it not need? Because what I find is so many people go over the top with their website and they try and cram all their knowledge into it and make it all about themselves rather than actually all about the visitor. So good website these days needs to actually be quite simple, very simple navigation, you know, home, about, products or services, blog, and contact. And also a good website these days, of course, must be mobile responsive because up to around 60%, especially in Australia right now, depending on your industry, um, of people, up to 60% of your website visitors come from their mobile devices. So you need to have a good mobile um, responsive website. It just simply means that everything sort of stacks on top of each other rather than the user having to pinch in or pinch out to see stuff. Um, and really lastly, like I was touching on before, it really needs to be all about the visitor. So your job as the business owner with a website is to be the guide. So you're making an assumption that somebody's either going to find you from your homepage, from perhaps Googling your business name, or they might find you from an internal page, such as a blog post or latest news post, by Googling a keyword phrase, you know, something they have a pain point with and they need to have solved. So when they come into your site, you need to guide them on the very next step they should be taking with you based on the page that they come onto. Does that kind of make sense, Brian? Yeah, ab absolutely, absolutely. I, I certainly can relate to that. I, I know my website just had far too much clutter on. I thought it was all lovely. <laughs> <laughs> We cleaned it up and cleaned it up and abracadabra, the difference was amazing. 
in the yeah. response. You so, have a great you have a, a great website. I was checking you out online. You have actually you're doing everything right. All the stuff that I'm going to be talking about uh, in this in the show in this episode. Oh, that's nice. Well, I'm sure I'll pick up some good tips. Now, tell me, <laughs> so, something you're really good at is blogging. Um, yes. What, what, why is that relevant? Why do you concentrate on blogging quite uh, quite seriously? Well, I, you know, I, I remember an interview on what actually one of my podcasts that I did. There's a software platform called iSpinage, which is a, a keyword research tool where you can actually spy uh, on the keywords that your competitors are using and even their advertising. And I was interviewing the head of marketing for this this company, and I said to him, you know, Obviously, you're big into keywords, and this is all you know what your company focuses on. So, talk to me about blogging. You know, what's what would you say the importance is of blogging? And I think he actually summarized it in the best way possible. A normal website has you know the simple pages like we discussed, the home about services, etc. As soon as you release a blog post into the world, you can now be targeted for another keyword phrase. So, these are the pain points, the things that people need from your business. And each blog post is another page that can be found on Google from a keyword phrase. So in the simplest common sense most of ways, if you're a business owner and you have a website, you obviously want to be found. So blogging is a great way of allowing you to do that. And secondly, blogging is incredibly important because if you have an email list and a newsletter and social media, what are you meant to talk about if you don't have good content that you're creating in your business? You don't want to keep talking about other people's stuff, do you? Absolutely, and no, I can appreciate that. As a, I endeavour to write blogs fairly frequently, but it is a challenge uh, putting the copy together. No doubt about that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one one thing uh, I seem to hear varying opinions. How many, roughly, how many words do you think a, a, a credible blog needs, Heather, to be valid? So I'm a big tester because my background's in the last, since 2010 or 9, is marketing. So with marketing, you always want to test. So I started out with 300, approximately to 500 word blog posts. And they were doing okay back, back then, you know, sort of around 2010 to 2012. And then I started reading around 2014 that the next thing you need to focus on is longer blog posts. And I started reading, okay, they need to be about 3,000 words. Oh. I thought, really? <laughs> so guess what? I tested it. And sure enough, um, every single blog post on my website that is 3,000 words, not just words, but incorporating good media, so slices of video, good images, scannability, so there's a formula you use. Um, those are the blog posts that are the most shared, the most engaged, the most commented on. And back to the common sense, let's think, let's think about it like this. If you are posting something on social media that's not your own stuff, you want to make sure it's good, right? Because you're going to give it to your followers and you want to give them something of value. A good long blog post that serves as a tutorial is something that you would think, wow, this is a fantastic post. I will share this rather than a 300 word sort of, you know, outsourced, not very special, um, written blog post. Right. Okay. Wow. <laughs> All right, homework. <laughs> um, now that that's interesting, I must say, and it's always a challenge getting them done. But moving beyond that, so we've got our blog sorted. Um, we're in the franchise field, and yes. it's, it's critically important for franchisors, particularly most of my well, clients are new franchisors in the in the rule in the main. Um, mm -hmm. Is how do you address the fact that they number one they've got their business, which is perhaps business to customer. But they're also looking for franchisees, so you could literally call that business to business. 
Um, how do you address that in a website from the point of view of content, Heather? So two things come to mind. There are two distinct segments there, right, Brian? So you have what you were just saying. You have people that are going to potentially be a franchisee and then the people that are going to consume the product or service that the business offers. So there's two distinct markets. So first of all, I would be looking at what are the pain points for each of those markets. And I'd be creating content for both independently, keeping in mind that when you're doing your marketing and you're promoting online or in your emails, that you would hopefully have an email list that's also segmented where uh, you have, you know, the two different markets as well. So then you can share content in those ways. Um, so that that's the first key point, I guess, with having the two markets is creating two pieces of content in those areas. But also, it's also very important, like I was saying, to segment. So your website should be a guide. Again, back to the guide. And I know loads of businesses that have multiple markets, multiple avatars, and they use what are called junction boxes or just simply images with a question or comment such as, are you this? Then click here to go here. So, for example, I think of an example of a, a recruitment company. Are you an employer or are you a student? Are you a fresh uni graduate? Click here. And then you go off into the journey to get those pieces of content and the communications that are, you know, meant to be for you. I'm with you. That's a neat idea. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So we, we move on from there. And you've only a look at Facebook's profit in the last year. I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> extraordinary. They're, they're yeah. going to be bigger than the world put together very soon, I think. Um, yeah. So that's something that, I mean, but five years ago when I started off uh, this particular business, Facebook was sort of frowned upon from the point of view of business. In the last 12 months particularly, to my perception, that's changed dramatically. What, what's your view on the social media accounts that you need to have as a business? Well, like you just said, Facebook definitely, and there's a couple reasons for that. It is the largest country now, uh, over 1.5 billion active users on it. <laughs> so... <laughs> Just because of the sheer numbers and magnitude that's on that, you want to be on it. And number two, the advertising on Facebook is absolutely incredible and user-friendly for most most people. Uh, you can reach the most tiny, granular level of interest. If you're a local business, you can reach some local advertising within a certain radius of where your business exists very specific interests and you can do lots of amazing market research as well so if you are still thinking oh Facebook I don't know definitely use it for the ads and the market research you know that that alone is is worth its weight in gold and then yeah. the second one so Facebook's number one hmm. um, the second one that I think is really important is com coming up for most businesses most is Instagram because of the younger generation that's hanging out there but also we have we have an older generation that's hanging out. So if you're in a um, products space or a consulting space, it's an incredible platform to basically show off what you're selling. So I know you have um, clients that are selling products, and it's a great way of sort of showing that product off or the lifestyle. Um, I, you know, I once heard that it's a great place to curate lifestyle boards, what it feels like to engage with your product or service, and it's a great one for that. Uh, it's huge as well as far as uh, in the numbers of you know, people that are using it. Uh, LinkedIn is okay. I've heard mixed reviews lately with that. So LinkedIn is great for finding jobs, posting jobs. People are using it as a publishing platform, but less and less uh, people are getting the traction that they used to when they're actually publishing full blog posts on LinkedIn. I've been, I've been trying that as well in the blogs that I used to post, 
would get a lot of shares and, and, and you know, likes and within the LinkedIn platform, and now not so much. So interesting to see what happens. Okay. So you, we were talking earlier about blogs and the yes. people they need to be in. So you've got your blog there, which is basically your, your, your core reservoir, if you like, for the content yeah. for the month. What, from the point of view of social media, what are we, what are we looking at there for content? Uh, so I love that you touched on the blog because the blog is basically the foundation for all your social media. So back to these long blog posts. If you think of them differently, it's not so much, oh, I have to write a 3,000 word blog post. It's actually more like this. Great. I get to write a 3,000 blog post because it's going to have multiple sections, multiple images, all of which I can share as individual social media content, perhaps for an entire month. So, a, um, there's an app called uh, Buffer. Buffer app is one of the most popular social media automation apps, and they basically researched over 10 million uh, social media posts. And they found that the most popular and highly engaged ones, as far as blogging posts, were what we call list posts. So, for example, 10 ways to do this, five strategies to get this. So it has a number, right? So if you think of this, this blog post where you have 10 ways to do this, each one of those 10 ways could have a couple of images. Um, maybe one of those images is a stat. Maybe one of those images is the key point from that particular, you know, number one, two, or three of the strategies. And then maybe another one is an, uh, a, a quote that you come across from yourself or an expert that you're quoting. These images now become your social media content. And half of them you can link back to the blog post, and half of them you don't have to. And then you scatter these and stagger these across all of your social platforms. Uh, and over time, as you build these longer posts, you just repurpose. So you're stacking over time, and you have this incredible library of images and content and quotes because you've looked at your blogging actually as the foundation behind your social. Right. Okay. That sounds interesting. So we're all going to get getting fairly technical and time consuming here for a, a busy man like me. So <laughs> if 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 I'm looking to use that uh, that that source, what yes. about what about getting it done? I mean, um, I can have a go at it, but uh, social media is not my natural uh, bag, if you like. What what's what's the options there? So I'll tell you what I do because I'm busy as well, just like you. And I know we were just saying how busy we both are. I take my iPhone and I record my blog post. I found that talking for about 20 minutes will give you a 3,000-word blog post. Uh, I then, so I, I literally do bullet points, of course, so for the, the 10 steps to whatever. I give that to a transcriptionist, so I, I found somebody on Upwork, but they exist. You know, you can go to Fiverr, and there's freelance, there's these outsourcing websites. I get the transcription back, and then from there, I edit it. So I make sure it actually is written more like a blog. But a lot of people will use editors as well and have that, that work um, that way. And then from there, I go and I get um, just a virtual assistant or a graphic artist to go through my bolded words. I'll bold the key points, and then they make images for me. And they use a tool called Canva, C-A-N-V-A, like canvas without an S. So it's a, an amazing tool which allows you to build these images where you can overlay text on top. And they have an incredible library of images that are $1 each. So then they make those. And then suddenly I have my, I've talked to my blog post. I have it written. I have the images. And then from there, you can just simply use a scheduling tool. Um, like Facebook has an inbuilt scheduler. We have Buffer app. We have Hootsuite to basically set up all your images for the entire month. Or 
you can give it to somebody else to do for you. And this is, remember, this is all coming from you, your own mouth. This is coming from you recording or writing the article and everyone else does the work for you. Right. So it's in context. It's in your natural vocabulary. Yes. Um, so forth, which is critically important, isn't it? I, I feel anyway, personally, so many things you look at are written in a very, very formal way. Yes. And, uh, I find if I sit down to write, I don't know how you find it, but I tend to write more formally. I, I find it difficult to write in conversational terms. Yeah, and it's conversational terms that people read nowadays because we're desperate for the conversation and that human touch point, not the sort of heavy jargon. But that that is key. Whatever you talk like normally is the tone of your writing, the tone of the voice should, that should come across in your social and your blogs. Right. Now, you just mentioned there, which sort of segues me very nicely into the next part about about using different tools to distribute these quotations and your social media and so on and so forth. Um, so when it comes down to that, it's really the topic of automation. We get into the application of, of automation and the tools that are out there across the whole online business. What, what, uh, what's your views as far as that's concerned? So when you look at your business online, you're basically looking to automate as much as possible from lead to sale. And how you would do that is you start with the lead. So where are the leads coming in from? Traditionally, they come in from social media or advertising. So this is why what we touched on before is so important. You have to have good content, your blog, right? So you're educating people on what you can provide. You put it out there to the world. And some of the blog posts or some of the social media posts you won't pay for, but some you should pay for. So that's when you use Facebook's incredible advertising engine and also Instagram as well. Instagram ads are incredible right now. Uh, and then you're boosting these, these blog posts out to the world. So now you're attracting people into your website. From there, you need to be giving away something for free. You, Brian, give away a book, which is amazing, and that's exactly the concept. So for those of you guys who have been, probably all of you know Brian's site well, you go onto his site, you see the book, and then you can sign up for that. And that's the entry point to attract your perfect lead. So you're educating them and also pre-qualifying them as well. So they come in, they sign up for that, it's automated, you ship out the book. I mean, I know somebody ships out the book, but it's still automated. They sign up, you um, then get some of your emails that go out from there automatically. And so now what we've ca we've captured is the automation of the lead. And then from there, we want to focus on how do we nurture the lead into a sale. And that, again, comes down to autoresponder emails with good content and then the sales page, as much automation as possible for, for whatever that is. If you're a consultant and you're trying to get somebody to book time with you, then you can actually have, um, you know, automated scheduling tools like Calendly and um, Time Trade and Schedule Once, where people can then book into your calendar from there. So essentially, that's how you would look at automation, is how do you actually systematize each step from lead to sale in your business? Right, and that's where we have to be, isn't it? When we're creating all this inquiry, We've got to make sure we're talking to people we've got the time to talk to and that yes. they're the right people to talk to. There's lots of people who spend your time talking about all sorts of various issues, but pleasant experiences that may be, if it's not productive for you, then it's not business. It's as simple as that, isn't it? Um, yeah, and that's why that, that what we call marketing lead magnet, so that initially in, in, initial entry point for people to come into your funnels is so important because you actually do want to do some pre-qualification 
in there. You don't want the people that are going to hang around you that are not going to do business with you. And and that whole nurture sequence, that, that initial set of emails and content that you send out to them, that's why it's important to use your voice and your values and what you stand for in that. And you have good conversations because you're trying to rule out those people that are not a, a good fit and you're trying to really build rapport with those that are. Right, I'm with you. Okay, that's 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 obviously quite a task, but the thing is, the difference it's going to make to your business is why it's so important, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. So, for someone that's playing around with a bit of automation, you know, they've yep. got a they've got a they've got some in, they've got a website, they've got a lead magnet, they've got a, that's a little bit of data, you know, name and email address. Um, how can they go about improving that? What's the options out there? Yeah, so what you exactly just said, it's now time to tweak what you have. So the first step is is reevaluating your lead magnet and how you're attracting your leads. So what are you giving away? Is it is it a webinar? Is it a book? And like in your case, is it a download? Look at what that is and then reevaluate perhaps you could use something else. Um, I'm a big believer in testing. So at that point, if you already have one, do something else and then send traffic into both and see which one is going to work better for you. From there, you would be starting to look at the data. So if you already have some emails that you've you've created, whether it's just newsletters that you send out, or it's um, you actually do have some autoresponders that you've set up that automatically go out, look at the open rates. Go back in. I, I find that a lot of us set them up, and we set and forget, and we think, oh, great, done. But we forget that the data now that we're collecting is the most valuable piece, and that's why we build automation. So you go back into the data, look at the open rates. Are you getting around 30% open rates in those emails or, are they, you know, 20%? And that's that's bad, by the way. You want 30% if possible, if you can get that, <laughs> or in the high 20s. Um, so you're looking at tweaking, just tweak fine-tuning. Okay, well, that, that email doesn't work, so maybe the subject line needs to be changed. Uh, so at this point, you know, once you have that, you just go back, fine-tune copy, fine-tune your, your emails. It's exciting when you actually do have some, some foundation because that's where the fun begins. Excellent. Uh, that's because uh, there's there's always room for improvement. So, if you're in a particular market, particular aspect of business, how do you understand you know these elements of segmenting it online, and and how can you enter a dialogue with them and so forth? What's the best? What's the advice you have as far as that's concerned, Heather? So two ways. So the first thing is using your website to segment, like I was saying, where you lead them on a path with you. Secondly, on your website, if you have a blog post at a specific topic. So a good topic, the one that came to my mind right now is, let's say, we're a personal trainer. Uh, as a personal trainer, you have distinct markets. You have the weight loss industry or the weight loss market. You have the build muscle, and you have, say, the um, lose is fat, so kind of that extra last, you know, few kilos you want to get off. So these are very different, very different pain points. You're going to be wanting to attract different people based on different topics. So you write different blog posts based on covering these three distinct uh, parts of your market. And in each blog, you would basically dynamically put in conversational topics or, or, or next steps for them. So, for example, you're writing a blog post on, you know, 10 green smoothies to help you lose weight. And in there, you would have um, a conversation uh, in the blog post, and you would say, so, you know, these, these recipes are great, but however, I find that sometimes you need a little extra help. And then you'd hyperlink those words, need a little extra help. And then they'd go into the sales page that's specific to weight loss and the weight loss program that that PT offers. 
You can also do the same dynamically with your content on your website where you actually have banner ads showing up specific to the topic on your blog post. So that's website. Um, and in your email list, you also want to segment as fast as possible as well. So if you have a, a real basic system like MailChimp or AWeber or just a basic email marketing platform, you do this by offering other free things or other pieces of content in your emails, and then you send people to a page to sign up for that, and then they can opt in for that particular new piece of content. And then that's a new list based on a very specific topic. But if you have an automation tool, more like an Infusionsoft or an Entreport or something you know bigger like that or active campaign, you can actually control where people move in your email list based on the actual clicks that happen in the email. So you don't have to manually take them to pages. So those are the two ways. I do it in your email marketing, and I would do it also on the website itself. Just thinking more, um, more specific rather than broad. So you're actually thinking, what's the best next step for this person to take with me? And then just guide them there. So refining it down to your particular segments and so forth, right? I'm with yes. You. So there's, a, there's more, and more, yeah. more and more science here. Um, so <laughs> um, you're obviously well across this. This is what you do. and You've done it for many years. You've worked with enormous number of people in all sorts of fields. So, so in your experience, when you look what's happening out there now, I mean, you've got a, an eye on the international market with your with your your database and so forth. What's actually happening out there currently, as far as automation and marketing? Uh, education is huge. It's education and segmentation. So um, back again, back to that blog post, you really have to do good education pieces. Loads of businesses now are stepping forward and using Facebook Live. So they're actually the CEOs of businesses are going out on a Facebook page and they're doing live video streams. Um, so people are using it for office hours. So they'll like have, say, Friday lunch office hours. So they sit and they just answer a few questions that people have asked them. Um, so people are actually doing shows with this. Um, gosh, so education is not just written anymore. It's podcasts. It's like what you're doing right now. Really, that is the trend. And the reason why is because you have to have content that's consumable when somebody wants it. And people are big into binge consumption as well since Netflix. So if you're creating a series or a show, such as a podcast or a TV series on YouTube, this allows your consumer, your new lead, to binge consume and sit down and get very excited and watch everything that you have, and bam, suddenly you have a new customer. So, yeah, education, um, back to segmentation, it's really looking at, uh, conversations specific to the segment of your market rather than your market as a whole. Wonderful. Heather, you're across so much. I'm in, I'm in awe. I really am. <laughs> and, uh, that's why we're talking today. So, uh, um, as I said before, delighted to get your time. So I do appreciate that. So in, in talking through these areas, there's obviously a, a lot more questions people have. Um, number one, where can we suggest people go to, uh, to ask any questions? Sure. So, uh, well, I'm on social media, obviously. So I love my, my Facebook page. That tends to be my most active thing, which is just Heather Porter. Uh, and there's a Facebook page there. Um, but I have like a library of this, all the stuff we talked about on my site, autopilotyourbusiness.com. That's where, you know, I have my podcast, all the stuff that I learn, I, I create and write with my business partner over there. Um, but specifically, if you guys want, I have a nice little package to give you, which is my five key uh, steps to automation, which covers this a little bit more, you know, in depth with some video training and whatnot. And um, heatherporter.com forward slash 
Brian, if you're okay with using your first name, Brian, for that. (laughs) Perfect. So if you you guys, you can go over there and I have some great resources for you and that's where um, you get more direct access to me. Fantastic. So that's headreporter.com forward slash Brian. That's it. Gee, I can't forget that one, can I? No, Um, nice and easy. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll make that clearly evident on our post as well as in the, uh, in the podcast, obviously, where we've mentioned it here. And if anyone has any difficulties there or whatever, please always get in contact with me and I'm happy to forward it on to Heather. So, uh, Heather, fantastic to have you here. I've really enjoyed this There's so much. I've got a page and a half full of notes here. I, I shan't try and read it all, but I suppose the points that particularly, I suppose, are relevant for me was making sure you do segment your um, on your website your inquiry lists. You know, whether it's your business to business and business to consumer sort of areas, and also the, the fact that social media now is just so large, and the fact that Instagram's becoming so relevant. That's, that's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, it's forever changing, isn't it? Forever changing. Um, it is. And and this element of um, you mentioned there about Facebook Live. Um, it's more information all the time, more channels, isn't it? To, Interesting. Um, and, and then the other point, it really is. Was, yeah, where we funnel into for everyone is this automation. It's all the previous work you've done is really wasted if you can't really, I, I suppose, capture the, the people's interest, take them through your filters and talk to the people that really matter. So all that information is an area that Heather specializes in superbly. And, uh, her, uh, her contact points we had heatherporter.com forward slash Brian for a little package and autopilotyourbusiness.com where you'll see vast amounts of information. So having said that, Heather, is there anything you'd like to say before we close off for our uh, our interview today? I'm, I'm going to leave you with one because I just got this question the other day and people get stumped when they are in the B2B space. And I'll leave you with this. If you guys are listening, are in that space, you're not actually doing, you're not trying to promote to a business, you're still trying to talk to a person. You are always going to be trying to talk to a human being, real and live, with lots of problems in your business. And if you can just remember that, your marketing and how you write and how you talk is going to be a lot easier than trying to think of a muddy mass of faces, faceless faces in front of you. Think of one person and work directly towards them and solve their problems. Brilliant advice. Keep it personal, one-to-one. Wonderful. Yes. Uh, Heather, thank you very much indeed, and thank you all for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. I look forward to speaking to you all again when we have our next Franchise Radio Show. Goodbye. 